The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Bears Over Beers. I'm Jeff Burkus, writer at Windy City Gridiron, and I'm on the other line with EJ Snyder, the site's lead draft analyst. How are you doing today, EJ? I'm doing great. I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. Yeah, we've got a conversation with a couple of young writers lined up. Jack Sobel, who writes for the Loop Sports, and our own Jacob Infante, who writes for our site at Windy City Gridiron. We got both of these guys lined up to talk to us about what it's like to be a younger fan. Uh, They're both going to be attending Missouri's journalism school in the fall, so class of 2023. If it makes you feel old, you're not alone. That's like me. Um, And we wanted to get them on to get their perspective on what it's like in their fandom, why they're fans, and uh, highlight some of the good work that they've been doing. They they really do put together some uh, pretty interesting content. Both of them have awesome insight. Uh, I've worked with Jacob for a couple of years now on Windy City, and he's branched out. He works with some other outlets that he'll talk about. His work is incredibly solid for any age. Uh, The fact that um, both you and I didn't know he was in high school when he started is a real credit to that. And then Jack, uh, I've been introduced to more recently, but he's got a great eye. He's got a video series. He puts together Twitter threads that are really coherent and walk fans through some pretty interesting details of the game and really i think make better fans and that's what we're all trying to achieve uh as journalists around the bears so to have both of these guys producing that content before they hit college is is really impressive and one of the reasons we wanted to have them both on the show yeah and we uh are certainly going to ask them to promote their stuff when we have them on but if you want to hit the pause button pull up the twitter account and follow at jack sobel tls and at Jacob Infante24, you will not be sorry that you're doing that. But, uh, well, let's get those guys in here and start talking to them. All right, we're pleased to welcome in two young writers, Jack Sobel and Jacob Infante, to the show. Welcome, guys. Thank you for coming on to Bears Over Beers. Thanks yeah, for having me on. Yeah, certainly our pleasure. <laughs> well, so uh, the idea for this podcast came after you guys graduated high school and started tweeting out pictures of high school graduation. And I sent a message to EJ and I said, do you know these guys are just graduating high school? We should get these guys on to get a younger fan perspective. And I think one of the nice, the nicest things I can say is I had no idea you guys were in high school. 
Uh, and I th- you should take that as a compliment. I think that you, you guys' work is really good and everybody should be following it. Um, so you guys are both attending uh, University of Missouri in the fall. So we wanted to make sure we got this out early in the summer so you can start thinking about classes and everything. And of course, you guys know that this show is called Bears Over Beers, but you guys can't drink beer. And so in honor of having you guys on the show, we're going to call it Bears Over Root Beers today. And uh, I am drinking a barrel-aged root beer because that is certainly sounds like it's in my wheelhouse. It's from Oak Creek Barrel-Aged Sodas. And the back says that they use medium charred American oak barrel, like in bourbon. And again, you guys don't know what that tastes like yet, but uh, <laughs> one day you will. And uh, I'm really excited about this one. EJ, I know you brought one on too. What do you have? I did. I, I went to the store to get root beer because I didn't have a lot in my cupboard. And I ended up with a Virgil's micro brewed uh, root beer. And it says on the label that it is the winner of the NASFT Outstanding Beverage. And no, I have no idea what NASFT is, but uh, it sounded pretty good. So uh, let's open these things up and see if we were right. And just so everybody knows at home, we did ask these two young gentlemen to join us in root beers, but they are not fans of root beer. And so, uh, Jack, you want to tell everybody what you're drinking today? Yeah, so I have a Gatorade bottle filled with water. Uh, I have it by my side on every podcast just because I, I talk a lot. I talk fast and my mouth gets dry. And I, I realized that uh, part of my purpose in coming on here is to appear, appear relatable and fun, and I'm, doing, and I'm doing the exact opposite of that right now. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I've, never, I've really never been much of a soda drinker, uh, so I, I, I just drink a lot of water. Uh, occasionally, if you listen closely, you can hear a sound like this on, on a Monsters of the Microphone podcast. Uh, but just need need that need that water during during the recording. Well, hydration is so that, that, important. That's about it. Hydration is important. And Jacob, you uh, bring anything to the podcast? Uh, yeah. So I have a orange Zip Fizz energy drink that I got from Costco. Uh, I got a nice little tube. Uh, I put it in the water bottle. And it's got roughly 41,000% of your daily vitamin B12. I'm pumped. I'm jazzed to do this. Okay. <laughs> I think the energy drink is the uh, soda of the college kid. So yeah. appropriate. Appropriate that you've done that. Um, so we're, we've got some questions that we want to ask you guys. Obviously, we want to get into bear stuff later. But I want to start off with some non-bear stuff. And I particularly want to start off with your guys' Twitter accounts. And your dads and focusing on uh, the dad's influence on your Twitter's account. And Jack, we were talking before we started recording, but your dad is at Dad Sobels. And on his bio, it says, mostly on here to troll my son and savagely attack his critics. So we want to make sure that we're on his good side and we're not, you know, we don't want to be savagely attacked uh, or anything like that. So, And then, Jacob, I know that your dad also is on Twitter and follows you because he was trying to get out the vote for that fantasy uh, all, all-time all Bears fantasy draft that we had when we played each other in the first round. And so, in a way, I'm, obviously it's pretty funny, but I also just want to give you an opportunity to talk about, uh, obviously it seems like your dads are very supportive of your work, and who else has been really in your corner of, of getting involved in Bears football or on a, at an early age? Uh, I, guess, I guess I'll start. Well, my, my dad and, and, and my mom, but 
my my dad's the my dad's the one who's on Twitter the most. My mom's on Twitter too, but my dad uh, is, actually just got Twitter last month, and he's he's been on it nonstop since then. Uh, but they're they're both very supportive of, of supportive of my work. Uh, my friends are very supportive of my work. Uh, I'm I'm actually friends with a couple, probably the a couple of the most academically smart kids at my school. Uh, one's going to Northwestern, one's going to Williams, and they 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 really respect my work, which which I really like. Uh, the one person in my inner circle who doesn't really uh, follow my work is is my younger brother, who is much more of a hockey fan than a football fan, and just refuses to to consume any of my content. Uh, but other than him, my, uh, the people I'm close to are, are totally supportive of my work, and, and and I really appreciate that. Well, as someone who has a younger brother who certainly won't listen to this, I understand. Younger brothers are pretty <laughs> annoying. So, uh, Jacob, what about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same wheelhouse. Uh, my mom has social media and will, like, occasionally post something. Uh, my dad is very, uh, like, on top of tweeting out articles, retweeting stuff, uh, posting stuff on Facebook, and I'm very, like, glad for that. Uh, I've got, you know, a lot of my friends – uh, not so many of them are into football or at least are into football as much as I am, but, but they still like support what I do. And they have a general idea of, you know, what it is I write about, which, you know, I find cool, especially, you know, if you're not a big fan of it, it's just nice to, you know, support a friend and help them out. Uh, yeah, I'd say my family, my friends, uh, my brother, a little bit different situation. I mean, he is also, I also have a younger brother, uh, a few years younger than me, but he's a football guy. Uh, he plays, he's an offensive lineman. He's like about my height, but he's like 80, 90 pounds heavier than I am. He's a strong dude. He'd probably kill me. Uh, but yeah, he, you know, supports my stuff as well. So it's, it's a good thing, especially for, you know, young, like up and coming writers to have, that support system and people who are like, you know, share your work and support you through all that type of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. If you guys stay with this, you're going to utter that phrase a lot more times in your life. They're really not into it as much as I am. Uh, <laughs> you find that when you, when you dive to this level of detail, there's not uh, and the level of detail that both of you guys, I know you do, I've read your work. Um, you'll run into people and you'll want to start talking about Bears football. And within a couple minutes, you realize, ah, they like the uniform colors. Cool. Um, that's the conversation <laughs> we're going to have. Um, so that'll continue. But um, you're right. It's great to have people that support your work. And I'm glad you guys have folks around you that do that. You know, what's What's really helpful is that my my best friends and my dad are – but are really huge football fans. My my dad's been a Bears fan, you know, for forty eight years. Uh, sorry, sorry for dropping your age, Dad. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very much not. Uh, but you know, they they are very big football fans, and and they like not they don't just read and listen and watch my content because uh, because they know me. They they do it because they're they're football fans, and uh, they really really like the work, the work that I do. Uh, and I, I can, I can tell, you know, when, when people are just saying, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's good because, because, because it's someone they know, like they, they, I'm pretty sure they legitimately enjoy my content, my content, which, which is really, uh, which, which is helpful. 
And EJ, going back to that point you said about conversations with, you know, like an average football fan, it can be tough, admittedly, because, you know, it sounds like a big ego thing, but, you know, going into a conversation and realizing, hey, this person doesn't know as much as I do, uh, it can be a little bit challenging because you don't want to come off as like a smart ass or anything. But, you know, I'm, I'm a patient guy. I don't necessarily, you know, call people out, but you're right. It can be a bit challenging at times to sort of, you know, manage and know your audience. Like, obviously if you're talking to intelligent fans and, you know, other writers like you guys, uh, then you can, you know, expand a little bit, but you don't, but I, at least I've noticed that if I like bombard them with information, then they, I kind of lose them. So it's good to find like that healthy medium and just know, you know, what they can take, I guess. I think one of the things that I've picked up on over the years, and this is, you know, for my own work, but it's the idea of having a conversation that's in bites or in snacks or in meals. And sometimes you're talking to a fan that just wants a bite. You know, hey, how'd they do? What was the score? How'd Trubisky look? That's all they want to know. You know, and then they might talk to someone who wants to know a little more. Maybe that's like a snack. And then you want someone who wants to sit down in your office or your dorm room and have that 30-minute conversation. They're ready to have a full meal about the Bears with you. So, you know, just I always try to have that start off the concept of like, you know, the little bit, the little bite maybe a bigger snack and then yeah let's just get into it let's let's dish which is basically what ej and i do uh on a semi-regular basis on this podcast just sit down and have a meal for an hour um, i was gonna say what do you what do you call our conversations jeff well it's it's a seven course <laughs> we dinner sit down and talk for bears two and a half hours um is that like seven course or is that like we had breakfast we just we had some coffee and then we went straight to lunch well yeah to peek behind the curtain ej and i usually talk for about a half an hour before we record and then we end up talking for another 45 minutes afterwards and so what makes it to the to your guys's ears isn't always the whole conversation but um, one more non-Bears question, and then we'll get into the Bears. I'm kind of curious, uh, Jack, you, you said this, uh, that your dad's been a lifelong Bears fan, and I'm, I'm curious what your orientation has been to football uh, at, at this stage in your life. Like, were you, did you play, or you just watching it from a young age? And, uh, you know, your orientation to the Bears, like how did you get hooked on the Bears, and when was that and why? Well, my dad is a lifelong Bears fan. Uh, I really first started following it closely in the 2006 season. Like, uh, obviously, nowhere near as close as as now because I was, you know, five. Uh, but my my, I would say my earliest uh, massive memory, uh, like clear memory of Bears football, is Hester's return into that in the Super Bowl 2006. Uh, be, like I, I can I can vividly remember you know my, my family and I watching it together jumping up and down and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know throughout the years I've just, you know kind of followed it closely more closely and more closely and more closely each year. Uh, you know building up to now where I'm you know regular regularly watching game film game film and can you know point out what each each player did on a specific on a specific play uh, and. For, you know, for, for the videos and for the threads on Twitter and for all that stuff, uh, I've I've been to a decent amount of significant Bears games over the year. Over the years, I was at the one in two thousand eight when it was against the Packers on Monday Night Football when Alex Brown blocked the field goal and they won it in overtime. Uh, I was at the Calvin Johnson rule game. I was at the game in two thousand eleven when Cutler got hurt. 
Uh, not not a good one there. I, I actually didn't find out until the next morning. I went to sleep very happy that night. Uh, and I was at three three this year, uh, more two more than I've, I've ever been to in a single season. I was at the Buccaneers game. I was at the Packers game, the second one, and I was at the playoff game. So it, it's, been, it's been a long you know, 13 or so years of being a hardcore Bears fan. That's an excellent first memory, by the way, to have Hester return to that yeah. kick. It's just, it's just a good entry into being a Bears fan. Uh, Jacob, what about you? Yeah, yeah uh, like Jack, I started the same year that he did. I started following in 06. Uh, the first Bears game I went to was 2005. I went to the uh, Bears-Bengals game. That was the game where uh, Chad Johnson did like the river dance after scoring a touchdown or whatever. And uh, I remember that only because on my way there, I kept calling them the Cincinnati Bagels. <laughs> me being like four at the time, I couldn't tell the difference. So that was that was nice. But uh, yeah, uh, I've had you know a long lineage of Bears fans in my family. My great grandfather got season tickets in like the forties or fifties. And it's been like a tradition handing it down since then. Uh, so I've been to, you know, a fair share of games. Uh, I would, I started, like, I started like my own blog. Like I've always had an interest in writing and sports. I, but I didn't start like actually like sharing my opinions until like my freshman year. I made like a little, you know, blog with my friends and stuff. But as I've gotten like more serious about like, you know, writing and getting, you know, more involved in like the X's and O's and, you know, like scouting of players, uh, I've, you know, been able to spend a lot more time and dedication to that. So, you know, that's been fun for me because I never, I didn't have an extensive playing career, but, you know, still being able to, you know, pick up things from, you know, trial and error of my own work and then watching other people. It's been enjoyable. So it's, you know, like Jack said, it's been an enjoyable past like 13 or so years. And it's just been, you know, progressing every year in how much I want to be involved in the game. And Jacob, I'm going to assume that you wore number 24. I did not. I wore 45. What's 24 for? 24 was... I made my handle in middle school and there was some sort of inside joke with my friends about the number 24. Okay. I well don't explain don't an inside remember. joke on a podcast. That's yeah, not going to work. Really. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I don't remember it. Well, I, you made an interesting segue and I want to let EJ jump into it with you, but uh, you did a lot of scouting on this rookie class. EJ is our site's, you know, draft guru, lead draft analyst. And so I'd uh, like to get your guys' opinions on the rookie class and start with Jacob and obviously EJ, jump in and fill in the with pepper him with questions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So go ahead, hit it, Jake. All right. So, I mean, obviously, I am, I was a very big fan of David Montgomery throughout, you know, the entire draft process. Uh, I had him as my RB1 for most of the process, he eventually, you know, dropped off because Josh Jacobs rose up late, but David Montgomery was always a guy I was very high on 
I had him as like a early mid second round value. So to have him available in the middle of the third round was, you know, surprising to me. Uh, I, I believe that he's exactly what the bears need at the running back position. Uh, he's not one dimensional. He's not like a, you know, ground and pound running back like Jordan Howard. He can do it all. I believe he has all the abilities to be, you know, a well-rounded and valuable player in this offense. Uh, he's not a speed demon, but he's quick. He's elusive. He's intelligent. Uh, he can catch the ball very well. I'd say he's easily one of the best receiving running backs in this year's class, which is huge because, you know, Howard definitely wasn't that uh, last year for the Bears, and I think that Montgomery is going to be a much better fit in Nagy's offense. Uh, I feel like he can uh, Montgomery can bounce outside of the tackles very well, and he can also run in between the tackles as a downhill runner. Uh, you know, great contact balance, and overall, I just think he's a well-rounded back. I think the Bears are going to start off with the committee, but I think that, you know, as the season progresses, I think Montgomery is going to take on a bigger role. I'd hesitate to call it a bell cow back because I do think they'll still use uh, Tariq Cohen and Mike Davis a decent amount. But I full I fully expect to be see David Montgomery be the lead back and getting a uh, majority of the carries at some point early this season. What's your biggest worry about Montgomery? Biggest worry about Montgomery? Uh, like I said, he's not a stellar athlete. I mean, but I think that's more nitpicky than anything else. I mean, he's never going to be like a Chris Johnson type who can, you know, just burst out in the open field. So I don't know necessarily how many big runs and splash plays he's going to make, but I do think he's going to be a steady guy. And I think that that's what the Bears need because they already have a guy who can make, you know, splashy plays in Tariq Cohen. So I don't think, you know, Montgomery is a stellar straight line athlete, but I don't necessarily think he needs to be in this offense. Got it. And we'll move on to uh, Mr. Ridley from Georgia. And where do you think he fits into the wide receiver rotation this year? You know, this year, I honestly don't expect too much out of him. Uh, I, he's another guy I think was very good value in the fourth round. Uh, but admittedly, he enters a very crowded, you know, room of receivers. And I think it'll be tougher to find playing time barring injury. Uh, I think he'll end up being the lead backup to Taylor Gabriel as the Z receiver. I think that that's his best fit going forward. As I think, you know, they have a lot of guys on the roster, but I think that in terms of going forward, he is the best fit for the Z receiver position. Uh, I, I'm just impressed with his route running abilities. And I had an article about that, uh, I believe, like a week or two after the draft. But he's just, he's an intelligent route runner. He understands, you know, getting, you know, leverage on defensive backs. Uh, his approaches in, you know, breaking press coverage, you know, off man, uh, he can, you know, sink his hips. Well, he's got good, uh, body control. He's a lengthy guy. And like his brother, Calvin, he's not a standout athlete. I think Calvin's a better athlete than Riley is, but 
I still think that he's got, you know, some athleticism in him. He's a crafty guy. And I think that going forward, he, Anthony Miller, and potentially, I think Allen Robinson, I'm not 100% sold on him in the long term just yet. But I think that going forward, that's going to be the trio that the Bears are going to showcase at receiver. Uh, I like Taylor Gabriel, but I think that with a bunch of expiring contracts coming off the books in the next few years, uh, there are going to be a couple casualties. And with you know an ascending young talent like Ridley on your bench, I think they'd be able to afford to let Gabriel go and let Ridley shine. Well, you just you just lost my co-host. <laughs> you had him. You had him until you said Robinson wasn't your favorite, and then that was the end of that. So, um, yeah. nice having you on. But, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. Quick question about Ridley. Uh, how big – this is something I've come to myself. I'll tell you my opinion after you give me yours. Uh, in watching him since the draft – I certainly yeah. watched him before the draft. In watching him since the draft, how big do you think the gap is between Calvin and Riley? Because I – I have a different opinion than I did uh, when Riley was drafted. So Okay. I think there's definitely a gap. Uh, it's noticeable, but it's not noticeable to the fact that you realize, hey, this guy is way better than his brother. I think that Riley does a lot of the things that Calvin does well. I think what separates Calvin from Riley is athleticism. I do think Calvin is, at least on tape, it was more electric in college than Riley was. But I think in terms of, you know, route running prowess, being intelligent, you know, having sharp, you know, fluid hips, uh, I think that they're similar in that regard. So to answer that question, there's a gap, but I wouldn't say it's a massive one. Yeah, I've come to realize or come to think, I should say, that the gap's a lot smaller than people think it is. If you said because of mostly around the hype around Calvin and yes, because a little bit of that electricity, that top end speed, that the speed he can carry through breaks, which is slightly greater than his brother. Um, I think a lot of people would say, Oh, it's not even close. Uh, if you go back and look at it, it's a lot closer than you think it is. The bears got quite a bit of Calvin in Riley, but they got it in the fourth round. So it's a really good pick by them. Just to wrap it up on the draft. Um, did you watch Duke Shelley before they drafted him? I'll fully admit I didn't. Uh, and where do you think he fits in in the rotation for 19 and 20? I will also admit that I didn't watch Duke Shelley before they picked him. Uh, one little game I like to play is I like to figure out uh, like who the first player the Bears picked that I haven't watched. And I'll admit I was a little disappointed. I was hoping that you know maybe a little bit later there's a guy I didn't watch. But when I started looking more into Duke Shelley's skill set, uh, I found a guy who can, you know, not only contribute in the long run, but I could see him contributing, you know, pretty right out of the gate. Maybe not day one, but I think in his rookie year, I could see him taking over a lot of those snaps in the nickel from Buster Scrine. Because I see in Shelley, I see an instinctive corner who knows how to read quarterbacks he can jump routes and, you know, time his jumps very well. He's not an insane athlete, but he's athletic enough. He's fluid. He can change direction well. Uh, 
He played a lot outside in college, but I think, you know, with his size, he's going to have to bulk up either way, but he's a shorter guy. I think with his height and his skill set, he's better suited for the nickel. Uh, but overall, I think that he's got, like, the athleticism and instincts that can make him a starter in this defense. And, I, you know, obviously with any day three pick, uh, there's going to be – some room for improvement. I think he can bulk up. He can uh, add more strength to his frame. That'll help out his, you know, tackling abilities. But I ultimately think that he's a very, very good value in the sixth round. And I could see him far outplaying his uh, actual draft value. Cool. So we let, uh, we let Jacob talk a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I need to take that. Barely. So Jack, I'm curious. Uh, do you uh, what do you think your expectations are for this season? And I have a question here that I'd be curious to hear from you first uh, after you tell me your expectations. Uh, but I want you to work this in. Give me one non-Trubisky player that you think is the key for the Bears to have a successful season. I'll have to, I'll have to think about that while I talk. Uh, so my expectations for this season are if Trubisky can make that jump, which I think I expect him to do, uh, then they are, you can make a very good case that they're Super Bowl favorites. Uh, you can make a very good case. It's not indisputable, but I would argue they have the most talented roster in the NFL. And the one thing I think is missing for them, well, I, I have to preface this with other than kicker, but the, the one the one thing on offense or defense that is missing for them is that you know unquestioned top 15 quarterback and i i like trubisky uh but they're not going to win the super bowl if he if he doesn't improve which given his progression line you know you you could definitely expect him to improve uh and we've heard all offseason that you know he he looks he looks really good he looks really good he looks really good uh that, that i'm really looking to forward to training camp because that's when you know the public can start to see some of that uh the one guy that is the is the most important to this team besides trubisky uh is alan robinson because he has to stay healthy first and foremost uh he has to step up and be that unquestioned number one guy Four sixteen games, fourteen sixteen, uh, and have you know number one wide wide receiver production. Uh, he was he showed he certainly showed flashes last year, uh, but he was inconsistent. And you know, I, I think at, at times you know Bears Twitter has been a bit divided on divided on him. Uh, and it's a really big year for Allen Robinson as well because while I expect him to play well enough for the Bears to definitely keep him. They could save a lot of money by letting him go. And if, for whatever reason, they don't think they need Allen Robinson next year, uh, they could let him go and keep, you know, Taylor Gabriel plus one extra defensive player. Uh, so I think it, this year is is a massive year for Allen Robinson in terms of Allen Robinson's career and a, a massive year for Allen Robinson in terms of the Bears. Yep. Okay, good answer. I think we're going to find that that answer is yes with Allen Robinson because he's fully recovered from that ACL injury. And so uh, I disagree with my colleague Jacob in that I really like Allen Robinson and that I'm really excited for what he can do this year. I want to get you on a record, though, Jack. Give me a give me what you think the Bears' record's going to be. I'd go 12-4 and four again. 
Uh, I will say 12 and four again. I'm not going to bother saying who those losses are, are to, uh, but I don't think 12 and four is going to not get them a first round buy again. Like I think people are underestimating how rare it is that 12 and four doesn't get you a first round buy, uh, which is what happened to the bears last year. I don't think the Rams are going to go 13 and three again. I don't think the Saints are going to go 13 and three again. Uh, I think they go 12 and four, get that first round by and enter the playoffs as arguably Super Bowl favorites. All right. Well, I want to, let's turn to Jacob. Uh, same questions, your expectations for the bears this season and one non Trubisky player that you think is the key to the Bears' success this year. Well, I fully expect the bears to be Super Bowl contenders. Uh, I don't know if I would call them favorites, obviously, but I do think that they have an incredibly talented roster. Definitely. I'd say a top five overall roster in the league for sure. Uh, it's going to be a bit tougher this season because I expect, uh, unfortunately, I expect the Packers to be better uh, this season. I mean, that could be wrong. We don't know how, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are going to gel together, which, you know, given their uh, the whole audible at, you know, under center situation, it might not end well. But I do expect the division to be tougher. Uh, they have a tough schedule. But the thing about the tough schedule is I don't expect that to be a reason for the Bears to regress. Uh, even though they're playing a lot of talented teams, the Bears are themselves a talented team. And if you're a talented team, you are able to beat those types of opponents. And I I personally believe that the Bears will go 11-5. and five. I say, you know, just this because... They do have a tougher schedule, but I do think that they will win the division again. Uh, not 100% sure about first round bye. I do agree that I see the Rams uh, regressing a little bit, and I can see the Saints regressing as well. Uh, so I'm not 100% sure. Don't know if I'd say first round bye, but I'll say 11 and 5. I will stick at 11 and 5. Uh, the one important Bears player. I admittedly wasn't thinking too much about this. Uh, you know, just for the sake of it, I'm going to mention Trey Burton because I do know, you know, that Nagy enjoys involving tight ends in the offense. And Burton had a solid year last year. He wasn't great, but he was solid. But I think that there's, there can be more out of him. I think he can be better than he was last year. Uh, I think he can serve, you know, a bigger role in the offense, not a Travis Kelsey big of a role, but I think he can be, you know, he, he has the potential to be a very valuable piece in the offense. If he rebounds and improves in his second season with the team, then I could see the bears being a lot more dangerous because, you know, that opens up middle of the field with Bert. Well, it, with Burton dominating the middle of the field, it opens up the boundaries. I'd say, and I also think Allen Robinson would be a very good guy that you can mention there. But just for the sake of, you know, offering something a little bit different, I'll just go with Trey Burton. Well, Jacob, it's really nice that you mentioned that because it, it gives me a chance to promote my to do a shameless self-promotion here. 
because the ne the topic of my next video, uh, assuming I stick to plan, is actually going to be really just that, you know, Trey Burton, uh, how the Bears used him last year, and how there's precedent based on how Nagy used Travis Kelsey that they could use him in a more diverse way and a more expansive way next year. Uh, so assuming I stick to my plan, that'll come out the eve of training camp, uh, and that'll be my last video b before the preseason. Looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Because Burton is one of those players that I think a lot of Bears fans expected a lot out of, uh, didn't get that level of expectation. He was solid, but not spectacular, and a lot of fans were looking for him to really be that super dynamic Travis Kelsey type. Now, I don't think he's the athlete that Kelsey is, but it'll be really interesting to see what you come up with in terms of schematics, where he can be leveraged to maybe reach closer to some of those fan expectations, closer to his contract. That's always going to be difficult when you get guys in free agencies. You have to overpay for them, and they definitely did for Burton. Um, but it would be pretty interesting to see him balance out the middle of the field. Well, I actually, Jack made a nice uh, segue into one of the things that I wanted to allow these guys to talk about, and that's uh, Jacob and Jack have been working together in a collaboration, bouncing back between the two sites, and I wanted to give them an opportunity to talk about the work that they've been doing together and where they can find, where people, listeners can find their work. Well, sh Jacob, should I say how the idea for our collaborative article came about? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so... It it was it would have been like a Friday Saturday night we were we were you know texting each other about the Bears and it, it turned into an expansive conversation uh, about you know uh, the future of their of the linebacking core and and how you know this is a big preseason for Iggy and how Trevathan could be gone and how that Roquan needs a running mate and after a while I said wait hold a, hold on a minute crazy idea. What if we copied and pasted, pasted this conversation into WordPress and made it an article? Uh, and that's exactly what we did. Uh, so, and and we named it, you know, back back to the future. I think I think was the name of, yeah. was the name of the series. Uh, so we named that j just because you know we're we're young. We talk about the the sort of the, the team a couple years down the line. Just because I, I think it's kind of fascinating to talk about that. Because there's there's just so many possibilities with a cap strap team, and you you need to make, you need to make tough decisions, which make them, you know, not not de decisions where there's really no correct answer for Ryan Pace, which makes them really interesting to talk about. Uh, you know, like the decision who do they let go, Danny Trevathan or Prince of Mukamar, which could be very much a decision they make in March. Uh, and I think that's really fun to talk about, and hopefully we'll have more of those conversations in the future. I love that. I love the idea of having those meal-sized conversations. Um, certainly a lot of the content I've created with Jeff and with other writers on the site and by myself have come from those conversations that I've had with both writers from Windy City and, and outside of that where you start riffing on an idea and then you say, wait a minute, we could we could do something with this. And somebody else says, yeah, and you sort of jazz it up into an idea and see how it goes. And it's great to throw those things out there and see how they fly. So I'm glad you guys are following that path. Continue to do that. You'll have those good ideas. Just push them. Some, some of them will work. Some of them won't. And that's okay. That's uh, that's part of the process too. So, great job on that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, should should I say other places where you can find my content? I, absolutely. Plug your stuff. All right. Uh, yeah. Plug my stuff. That is half the job as a journalist. Uh, so I am with thelibsports.com. Uh, it is a website. I believe it started in December 2016 
run by my boss, editor-in-chief and CEO, Nick Petro. Uh, I help run. I help him run the Bears department, and I'm an editor there. They'll probably give up those duties once college uh, begins. Uh, I write articles. I'm currently uh, working on a series of position previews where I uh, take a look at every position, every every guy in the depth chart who can make the team, who might have battles for positions on the for you know positions up and down the depth chart. Uh, I run a podcast called Monsters of the Microphone. You can find that wherever podcasts are found, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. Uh, my original idea for the name was Microphones of the Midway, but I believe it was altered for the better. Uh, and then I have a video series, which is probably the content I'm most proud of, uh, just because it takes, takes an un, ungodly time to, time to produce. Uh, it is also based on a terrible pun, X's and Sobel. Uh, it is X's and O's with my last name added in. Uh, it is a video film breakdown series on YouTube. The Loop Sports has a YouTube channel. You can find it there. Uh, just Google X's and Sobel. Uh, I break down different schematic aspects of the game as well as uh, describing some technique that, uh, and some, th- some of the things that the players are thinking about on a given play that maybe watching the, br- watching the game on the broadcast you, uh, you'll miss. Uh, and I've broken down stuff like Nagy's run scheme, uh, how each, each player up front contributes to run, contributes to run defense, uh, jet sweeps with Cordell Patterson, how, the, how that could be implemented in the offense, and uh, how Riley Ridley could make an impact year one uh, with some analysis of route concepts. Uh, so I, I really like doing that. Uh, I use the Telestrator app to break down some plays. I dr- draw up some plays like on a chalkboard like format. Uh, and that's pretty much it for my content. Uh, Great. Jacob? Yeah. All right. So uh, I am at Windy City Gridiron where I do uh, – I cover the Chicago Bears – Obviously, uh, I besides the uh, Back to the Future with Jack, I currently don't have any ongoing series there, but I am planning on kicking off 2020 draft coverage soon because I have no life, uh, and I'm proud of that. But <laughs> yes, uh, that will come in the near future, as well as you know other articles and other ideas that I may come up with. In the future, uh, I also do writing at DraftWire, which is the USA Today's NFL Draft website. In the past, I've done pick breakdowns. I've done prospect interviews, mock drafts, a a bunch of different stuff. And I'm obviously more active there when it's closer to draft season, so you won't see as much over the summer, but I will be contributing there a bit so those are the two places you can find me at uh twitter you can find me at jacob infante 24 uh it's it's a decent account i mean i'm 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 fairly proud of it (laughs) sometimes i'll make a bad joke or two but overall it's some you know i enjoy tweeting and interacting with bears fans so if any of you listeners out there you know, have any questions for me or anything or just want to make fun of me, just let me know and I will gladly, you know, respond and carry on a conversation with you. Oh, uh, I, for, hold on, I, I forgot to plug my Twitter account. Sorry about that. Uh, at Jack Sobel TLS, 80% football analysis, 15% bad jokes, 5% everything else. Uh, that is about it for my Twitter account. 
And Jacob, I have to imagine that when you hit Columbia, Missouri, you're going to find more things to do with your life. And so maybe that 2020 coverage <laughs> starts to extend out a little bit and, and it takes you longer than you might anticipate as, you know, freshman year of college is going to be full of nice, fun opportunities for you guys. Well, I want to thank both of you for coming on the show and we got to make sure that we get Jack out of here because his dad insisted that he eat family dinner tonight by a certain time. So we're going to, we're going to cut this off here, but I really appreciate both of you guys. Best of luck this year. Hope, uh, continue to look forward to the content that you create, and maybe you guys will find some time together to create a podcast on on Columbia's campus um, together, and we can uh, continue to talk bears. Well, thank you very much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I uh, can't wait to listen when it comes out. Yeah, thanks for having us on. It was a great time. All right, and we're back. That was a great conversation, EJ. I'm glad we got a chance to get them on. I can't wait to see what they do in the future. The stuff they've done so far is great, and I expect it to just continue and get bigger and better as they go forward. But a lot of fun, um, some fun poking at uh, their dad's Twitter accounts, and and just uh, I didn't I didn't let on uh, how old I was, but when Jack mentioned how old his dad <laughs> was, I definitely reacted. Um, so it'll be great. I'm excited for those guys to get to Missouri to to hit the next stage of their journey and, and see what else they produce, whether it's Bears related or not. So, yeah, really glad we got a chance to get them both on. Well, and I was talking to them bef- uh, a little bit, and they said that they don't know each other uh, quite that well in real life yet, but they're going to be classmates. And so I have a feeling that these guys are going to be pairing up and creating some Bears content together in the very near future. And so I'm very excited to see what comes out of that. I wanted to follow up on that root beer. I've had Virgil's a couple of times, and i got to be honest with you, it's not my favorite root beer. What did you think of it? Uh, it was a taste experience. I can see why people like it. It's really sweet, uh, as most root beers are. It has a little bit more of that birch beer tang to it than sure. some other root beers do. A um, little bit of the rooty part of root beer, but it was pretty enjoyable overall. I, again, not a huge root beer consumer. That was a concession to our uh, underage guests today, but uh, it, was just, it was a nice experiment. But I, I think we'll be going back to the to the harder stuff for the next episode. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I got to follow up with you on this. So this this uh, is aged in medium char oak barrels, much like a Kentucky bourbon would be. And you do get that charred taste. And I got to tell you, it's really good. I would totally drink this again. And I was at a specialty root beer store in Galena, Illinois, believe it or not, getting this um, for this. You sent me the picture and I was really impressed because when I went to the store, I had like four choices. Maybe I had Weinhards, uh, Henry Weinhards. Anybody from the Pacific Northwest is, is familiar with Weinhards as a beer brand, but they got into root beer and cream soda and things. I had Virgil's. I had like one or two others. You sent me this picture of this rack of like 40 root beers. And I was like, man, you, you guys got some, some root beer stores in Iowa. No, this was actually in Galena, Illinois. We were no on kidding. a trip up to Dubuque, which is just oh, okay. across, the, across the river. And they had five root beers on tap. And and so they do a flight of root beer from the taps, Uh, and they did not have this particular beer on tap, but they uh, had it in a glass bottle, and I was like, I got to try this. You know, it really more reflects my uh, interest in in the drinking world with that charred taste. I love Kentucky bourbon. And I, I got to tell you, it really does um, make a difference. It kind of takes away some of that sweetness, kind of takes that that sweetness bite away. 
Yeah. It gives it a nice balance. And so this was uh, two thumbs up for me on my, on my root beer. So good experience there. And, uh, yeah, so we'll uh, let you get us out of here and tell everybody about camp again. Yeah, so uh, we're going to be heading to training camp this year. We're really excited. So Bears Over Beers will have a presence there. And uh, our colleague at Windy City Gridiron, Robert Schmitz, is going to be there as well. We're going to be hanging out. We uh, rented a house. We're going to be going to practice. We're going to be doing live reaction pods every day, um, trying to do some meetups. So we'll be there the very first weekend of camp, 27, 28, and 29 of July. Those are the practices uh, that we'll be attending. So we'll be putting some more information out. Look for that on Twitter and on Windy City Gridiron. As always, you can follow the pod at Bears Over Beers. You can follow Jeff at Gridironborn. You can follow me at the Draftsman FB, as in football, and find our content in this podcast on Windy City Gridiron, along with the other podcasts in the network, T Formation Conversation, and Bear With Me from Robert Schmitz. So, with all that, uh, we've got some more interviews lined up for this summer, some great content coming before we get off to camp, and then, of course, once we get there. So, stay with us, and thanks for listening. Until then, bear down.